editor of Snow Magazine. I recently came across an article on the online publication Axios. It was titled, The Future of Malls Could Look More Like Towns. It focused in on how uh, real estate developers were taking the bones of existing malls and turning them into open-air, manufactured, downtown-like work live play facilities. Uh, This article struck me because I thought about how this could impact our industry. Uh, By no means are these these multi-use facilities, uh, retail facilities new. Uh, They've been around for a good part of 20 years. But the notion that uh, developers could be taking existing mall structures, um, that um, big box type things, and transforming them into these downtown-like facilities uh, really made me think that this could be adding a new layer of challenge to our industry. So I had written an editor's notebook piece on on this, and and as I was putting that together, um, oh, and that piece is called uh, Retail, Retail's Extinction, The New Evolution, and You, and you can find that on Snow Magazine Online. But as I was putting that article together, it struck me that I knew I know of a contractor uh, in the Cleveland area here where we're headquartered, uh, Jerry Schill. He's the president of Schill Grounds Management. Uh, and they're located on the uh, uh, far west side of Cleveland. And uh, for the good part of the last 15 years, he's uh, tended to um, uh, the Crocker Park uh, Live, Work, Play multi-use site. Um, that's located on the west side of town here in Westlake. And uh, it's an impressive facility. It's uh, over a million square feet of retail space, uh, 650 residential units, 100,000 square feet of office space, and includes American Greetings corporate headquarters. I know if anybody would be a great resource uh, for this topic, it would be Jerry. And so I got him on the podcast, and uh, he shared his insight and experiences in uh, servicing these types of properties and the challenges that come with them and and some of the unique uh, demands that we placed on contractors uh, as they um, go out and, uh, and vie for these properties. You know, within the last couple of years, over the last, well, maybe over the last decade at least, as um, the mega mall has gone, gone by the wayside and these new multi-source uh, lifestyle mixed type complexes, yeah. yeah, mixed use types of uh, retail and life in living and uh, uh, properties have come up. I imagine that it poses a whole new set of challenges to contractors, right? And especially that article is pointing that, hey, this might be the trend. These things might be getting even bigger in the future or that they'll be taking existing mall structures and converting them into these into these types of uh, uh, footprints. Um, I thought it'd be interesting to talk to somebody who's been kind of doing this for the last couple of years. Uh, how long have you been doing Crocker Park? 12, 13 years. Well, you know, for somebody who's been doing it then for for a decade, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of get your perspective on the challenges that that type of complex property poses to contractors compared to your 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 typical, you know, mall type of property. And maybe you can offer some perspective on guys who are maybe getting into that and maybe give a little perspective on where this is going in the future, because these things are only getting more complicated, aren't they? I mean, with regard to their layout and their architectural style and, and you know, they're maybe using less concrete and more pavers. So that probably provides a new challenge for you guys. And, you know, the less parking lots and 
more parking decks and, and that sort of thing that all comes under your responsibility, right? Yeah, so I mean, all the above. So I mean, you've got, there's so much. The first thing that comes to my mind, just even listening to you talk about it, is the variability in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the variability in the types of products that you need to use, whether you're doing concrete or pavers or you're doing parking structures, all very different animals, all requiring very different levels of de-icer. The variability in hours, the variability in use. Crocker's got condos attached to it and apartments. Uh, so people come and go and recreate as they choose. So, you know, those are pretty much 24 hours a day. You know, you've got to be prepared and, and safe. Uh, you've got the difference between the, the things like restaurants versus bars versus regular or, you know, conventional retail, like shopping, right? Mm-hmm. Shopping closes at 9, but in between two two stores, if you will, or retailers or clothiers, you've got a bar and a, and a restaurant, which have different hours you know the restaurant may close at 11 and the bars open till 2 30 in the morning so you're going from a traditional box center that it would house a typical lowe's or home depot or costco and a you know in a quick little strip mall with a michaels and a coles and whatever like a big box center with acres of wide open parking lots that kind of open at the same time and close at the same time and to the point where it's actually in their lease agreements when they have to open and when they have to close versus a lifestyle mixed-use facility that is literally alive every single day, 24 hours a day, basically, you know, all winter long. Mm-hmm. Um, the type of products that you use, the type of equipment that you use, um, the timing in which you use equipment, the, you know, it's basically a 24, it becomes a 24-hour job all winter long once kind of the weather sets in. Mm-hmm. Hey, every but- single day brings a whole new set of circumstances the other day like for example we got all that rain that converted over to snow so we were dealing with slush right so the icing products don't work um traditional snow plows don't work you got to use containment plows now you can't load up slush you got to you know figure out how to get rid of it Mm -hmm. Uh, every day you wake up and it's something different there's also i would imagine uh, with this type of facility where you don't have the open span of parking like you would in a uh, your traditional box mall um where do you put snow really going to come down to the developer and then the region that these mixed-use centers are in. Some centers, in our particular case on the east side, have made some concessions where they've got a hybrid approach, where they've got some much larger parking lots where you can do some on-site storage. Then you've got west side properties that typically get less snow, about a third less snow typically. They have not made the arrangements where every single ounce of snow that we move and clear, and we call it displacement, the minute we displace snow, We've got to take it from point A to point Z to where it's loaded in trucks and, and, and hauled off site in a dedicated location. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it, it runs the gamut too. Um, you know, city ordinances and structural um, specifications for parking structures. Some structures you're allowed to put snow in corners and keep it. Others, the minute you displace it, it's got to be loaded and hauled off the off, off the, the roof. Mm-hmm. You'd also mentioned about uh, equipment as well. Uh, where do you where do you find place to store equipment? And, and like I said, in the uh, old model, you just put it in the back of the lot somewhere, right, where p- people weren't parking or was out of the way or behind you know a building. But in a lot of these facilities, behind the buildings is where the condos are. Yeah. So depending on the size, scope, and scale of a property, mm-hmm. you may have equipment that in a normal box center might be very centralized in, in, in a general location to having equipment spread out all over a center because of logistics and you know time is money and if you got to run a piece of equipment through a shopping center you know a very busy shopping center it takes time you're burning fuel you're exposing yourself to greater safety issues the layout the processes and the store management plans are 
diverse as the centers themselves are. When you're when you're working on developing the contract for a property like this, how do you ensure you hit everything you need to? Or in your experience, has it been a process of you had to do it a couple times before you got really good at it? I mean, uh, you know, your first couple years out, could you factor in all the different variables that you were going to encounter and that were going to be a cost? Well, I would advise people that are getting into the mixed-use or lifestyle centers that to make sure that, first and foremost, that relationally there's a good fit between your organization and the management team or the development team of that property. It is extremely easy to either be on the good end or bad end of that deal. In our particular case, I consider us stewards of our clients' resources. So to really sit down, really truly understand what their expectation levels are, truly understand the tolerance levels that they're willing or are able to deal with or put up with, um, and, and how much flexibility do they have in creating a, a program that mm-hmm. is flexible and diverse as the property itself? Because there are points in time during the day, safety is always paramount, by the way. But mm-hmm. it's also, there are also times of the day where you can dial things back, scale things back, um, you know, not just cut off services, but limit the, the services and the resources that you're throwing at a property. There's no one-size-fits-all when you're managing a, 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 a type of center like that. In the middle of the night, you may be able to use a, you know, a large wheel loader, two-and-a-half or three-yards wheel loader with a 14- to 16-foot, you know, sectional plow on it. Uh, during business hours, you might be forced to use a skid steer with a 10-foot box on it because you got traffic and pedestrians and, um, things like that. So it's maneuverability is an issue. Safety is an issue. Visibility is a huge issue. Um, you know, accessibility is a huge issue. You can imagine during the holidays in particular, and you try to go from one end of a street to another end of a street in a mixed use center, what might take you 30 seconds in an evening or off peak hours could take you five or 10 minutes during business hours. <laughs> right. So all of these, all of these things and factors need to be taken into consideration. And that's why it's really, really important to sit down and and what we found very beneficial is to actually role play through different scenarios with our clients. It's like, okay, okay look, it, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, dinner hours, typically around six. Now it starts to snow, you know, how much resources and how do you try to de-ice out of a, an event versus trying to, to start moving snow? So there, there's all these factors and all these variables uh, that come into play. Um, de-icers, de-icers in a lot of these cases have become our best friend because we have the ability now to go out and do some pre-treatment with liquids and use different polymers and different things that'll give us different residuals and length of time that they'll hold up and melt snow before we actually have to start displacing it. You'd mentioned role-playing scenarios as a way to prepare for, you know, different uh, situations you could face. Um, with, with that said, how much education goes into educating the client about the, the business of snow and ice management that you might not have to do on a typical property? It's a great question. The biggest challenge that we see when we're putting a solution together for a client is pairing up service levels and the scope of work with expectations. Because what we find is once an event starts, people become emotionally invested in the events, and sometimes the decisions and discussions we've had pre-event typically kind of go away, and then they want to throw a ton of resources at it. We, we like to advise our clients that they're hiring us to be storm managers. Our job is mm-hmm. to remain calm in the face of a storm, not overreact or lose our cool, but to remain calm and collected and really say, okay, we're, we're getting this type of storm. 
storm and this type of precipitation and and okay and we've already talked about this type of an event and we go to our kind of our little process manual if you will we say okay well here's the here's the program we're going to dial up um, at this particular time based on the weather conditions we're getting and the resources we have available to, to throw at this storm so everything is very different so having that dialogue and those discussions and educating the customer on hey we understand that this can become emotional at dinner time when we start getting hit with a heavy snowstorm, right? Right. So here's what we're going to do. So you kind of reassure them and then reinforce that once once it actually happens and you're actually faced with having to deal with it. Holidays are the most challenging time of the year to have those discussions because you got so much more traffic, both on foot, right? You've got visitors, uh, you got apartments and, and condominiums built into these lifestyle centers. You've got visitors and family and extended shopping hours and bar hours are different than, than the clothiers. And so, I mean, there's just there's so much diversity and so much variability in managing the site. One mm-hmm. size never fits all. You know, in, in talking to you about this, if I was a contractor, I would think to myself, man, why in the heck would I ever want to <laughs> take on a property like this? What's the benefit for you as a, as a contractor? What is the what is the re- return on that you get out, out of this? Is it uh, um, attacking something like this? It's a good question. So we've, we've always been curious. So we've been fortunate enough to network with some of the best guys around the country, whether it's Chicago or Colorado mm-hmm. or, or New York, some, some really talented, even right here in Ohio, some really talented snow fighters um, that have kind of done some of these things before us. So we kind of asked questions and learned. There was a lot of trial by fire. In the Cleveland market, we're one of the few contractors that manage lifestyle centers. Mm-hmm. So we've got tons of experience in this by now. We've, we don't think... I don't think there's ever a, a perfect scenario in a, in a mixed-use facility because everything changes every single day, even by the hour sometimes. Um, the thing that I like about it is you're able to put a lot of your resources at one facility. Mm-hmm. So managing staff and managing equipment and other assets comes easier in that respect. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have the flexibility to either ramp up services or decrease the level of service that you're providing because you have more control over that particular environment. Mm-hmm. So, although it's, there's a lot more moving parts and it's somewhat, it's a lot more challenging actually to manage on a day-to-day basis uh, than it would be plowing a 10-acre parking lot in front of Target. It's pretty static, right? You mm-hmm. Right. From point A to point B and you, and you go home. Although it's much more difficult, I think it's easier to manage some of the resources on a, on a property like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you, have to, you have to know your numbers. You have to truly understand labor costs. You have to have managers that are experts in their field that aren't afraid to put, take risks, but know when to take those calculated risks and when not to. Mm-hmm. When to reach out for more assets and resources and when to dial it back. Mm-hmm. So you really have to be good stewards of both your clients' money and our resources to be successful. Do you see these properties getting more complex? Uh, are they peaked out? Um, where do you see this trend going, and what kind of challenges do you see you're going to face in the future with uh, uh, tending these mixed-use properties? It's hard for me to be completely objective because I've seen a property like Easton and Columbus, mm-hmm. which is very different than a property like Crocker Park in Westlake. Because we live on the lake, we tend to have the same amount of retail square footage and the same number of tenants within these properties, but on a much, typically a much smaller footprint. Mm -hmm. So our ability to stage snow throughout an event, whether it be on the sidewalks or the roads and the parking lots, because these are essentially little downtowns, Mm -hmm. like they're recreating a, a city, if you will. You don't have the flexibility to put snow and the ability to put snow and stage snow throughout an event. 
um, once you touch it, you've got to move it and get it back to a, a staging area where it can either be stored or hauled off site. So I think demographic and location have a lot to do with how you manage the events, during, <laughs> especially during hours of operation. Again, there's so many factors that go into it that it, I, there is no one size fits all. Lifestyle Center in Cleveland is totally different than Lifestyle Center in, in Philly or Columbus or mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Mm, interesting. They all have their own unique set of challenges. Yeah. But the constant is to know your numbers, know your people, and, and communicate with everybody involved, whether it's a client or a, a foreman or the guy who's working on the street level. Yeah, we always joke, whatever you think the production standard is, double it for, for lifestyle. You know, it takes longer to drive down the street. It takes longer to clear the snow, um, to shovel. The other interesting thing, if you're considering getting into this type of environment and this type of market is you have to realize this is a very labor intensive process you can mechanize and you know put as much equipment there as you want but that some there are certain hours and certain days and certain events where those assets will be idle you may need 30 guys on walks one event you may only need five and six pieces of equipment the following event there, there there's a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty in some of these things so really understanding your weather and, and your market having good data knowing your numbers and your in your cost it's a really unique relationship to have with a client like in our case crocker park mm-hmm. because we communicate like crazy during an event absolutely like crazy we we look at an event and realize the cost that goes into every one of these events. So we have very meaningful conversations with our clients to make sure that we're doing what's in the best interest of them and the patrons keeping them safe, but without actually bankrupting a client. Mm-hmm, right. Because it can, get, it can get extremely expensive. It's a, it's a totally different animal. Um, just imagine, you know, taking care of your, your local city, if you will. There, you, there's a lot of uniqueness in schedules and timing and equipment and materials and the demands on labor and equipment. So. Mm-hmm. Not for the uh, the faint of heart, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Jerry. I really appreciate it.